she said, Dear, come from a land down under Where women glow and men thunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sidearm Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. Today we have Angels right-handed pitcher Steve Ciszak. Thanks for coming on, Steve. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I guess first things first, could you just talk to us a little bit about kind of your arm slot story and kind of how that came about, you dropping down? Yeah, it might be uh, disappointing to some people. Uh, you know, I kind of threw from a low three-quarter arm slot um, for as long as I can remember. I remember in uh, in high school, I'm from Massachusetts, so you, you know you only get to play, I don't know, 20, 30 game seasons in high school, if I remember right, and uh, so there wasn't a lot of reps you were getting, but I grew up a Red Sox fan, so I wanted to um, try to mimic Pedro Martinez's windup with Derek Lowe's like, mechanics, so Pedro Martinez is like, let's say, with Derek Lowe's mechanics, so I wanted his sinker. I just liked I just liked his arm slot, and for somehow I, the first time I really saw myself, you know, throw on video was when I got to college. We just didn't have access to video in high school and stuff. So uh, when I saw my arm slot, I was like, oh, I thought I was like, for me, I, I even to this day I still feel like I throw over the top. I don't know any better. I guess I'm too dumb, but um, it just kind of over time got lower and lower naturally. Um, especially when I got to the big leagues, my arm slot just got lower, and I think that was a combination of you know, how far I actually get down the mound and um, really how much I was being used my first uh, year in the big leagues. You know, my arm was killing me and trying to find any way to keep the ball down. And sure enough, my arm slot just got lower and lower. And I guess, Steve, like what pitches do you throw in kind of velo-wise? How is that kind of being throughout your career? Um, what pitches do I throw? I throw, uh, two seam. When I was growing up, I threw nothing but two seam fastballs. Um, it wasn't until, um, probably college ball. I started throwing four seams, uh, in there as well. And so I throw two seam, four seam fastball, a rare change up, very rare and, uh, sliders. Um, I, I spike a slider, um, with my pointer finger and a rip and I can on a good day, I'd say I can locate it on both sides of the plate. That's kind of my games uh, with the slider. So I'll mix the fastballs up with sliders in different locations. Something, Steve, like kind of pitching to lefties and righties, kind of how is that for yourself? Yeah. Um, I mean, I used to throw everyone the same my first few years in pro ball, and even in the big leagues. You know, and as time goes on, you learn to make adjustments. And um, so for left-handed hitters, I'll typically – um, I'll throw primarily four seam fastballs to them, um, with a lot of sliders, uh, mixing it in and out, depending on this, the scouting report where they like off-speed pitches, where they don't like it, you know, fastballs and everything too. Um, but most lefties see the two seam pretty well. So I'll, it depends. I pick and choose my battles when, when to use that pitch on uh, lefties and, uh, you know, with right-handed hitters, I, I throw it all over the place. I mean, I'm go in out sliders, uh, arm side off the plate back up every now and then. And I just, I just kind of read the hitter with a, uh, with a right-handed batter and uh, bounce it off the scouting report as well. So it's kind of a, 
scouting report slash gut feeling and what you see out there uh, on the mountain. And then is there anything, Steve, like for someone maybe debating on dropping down or maybe someone that has just dropped down, is there any kind of mental advice that you'd have for, for those, those pitchers? I mean, yeah, I think just with anything else, you just got to give it time. You know, if I'm, I'm this way and I'm sure, you know, I know a lot of other guys are out there. They want results right away. And um, when you start dropping down, you know, just and this is just with talking with the guys. Um, it's frustrating at first because it's just such a different feel. But I mean, just like anything else, you got to put in the reps so it feels, you know, almost natural to you. You know, you got to get to a certain, certain level, level of mastery with your mechanics. And that's especially when, you know, the traditional pitcher, you know, throws everything over the top, right? I mean, if you're a guy that threw over the top and you're like, oh, I'm going to start dropping down now, well, you just like undercut everything you've been doing over the last <laughs> few years. And you just got to kind of trust the fact that it's going to come back. It's just going to feel different, you know, for a little while. <laughs> so if that's something you want to pursue dropping down, you just got to give it time and, and definitely some reps. You just got to put in the work. Any mechanical tips, Steve? Um, I mean, I think the biggest mechanical tip apart from the reps part, like I just talked about is, um, is even though you're throwing you know, from a lower arm slot, you can still drive the baseball. So I, I try to tell guys that want to drop down, like, yeah, you know, think like you're throwing over the top in terms of driving the baseball, but make sure you're still getting behind it. Your arm slots uh, just a little bit lower, if that makes sense. Like you're still striving in your mechanics to get behind the baseball and drive it. And so I always talk guys, I always teach guys that when they're throwing, uh, playing catch, that's the most reps you're going to have. Um, learning your mechanics, getting a feel for it. So don't waste that time. Playing catch is the most important thing, in my opinion, that you can do because that's going to translate onto the mound. So when you're playing catch, um, you're taking a two-seam fastball, if that's what you're going to stick with. And you're if, the, if you're throwing partners within 90 feet, you're going to drive that thing at hips or below. He's not going to like you, but <laughs> that's your goal, is driving the ball at hips or below. Um, and that way it teaches you to get the, get your hand behind the ball, teaches you to keep the ball down because anyone can throw up in the zone whenever they want. Um, especially from a lower arm, arm slot. Um, it just teaches you to stay behind the ball. I feel like when you're, when you keep the ball hips or below from 90 feet, anything past 90 feet, you can just let it fly. But, um, that's what I always preached. And I guess, Steve, could you talk to us a little bit about kind of your college career? I mean, you know, obviously yourself kind of, you didn't necessarily go to like a big powerhouse Div 1 program, right? Oh, yeah. My college career, I went to uh, a D2 school in uh, Tennessee, and uh, I was just looking for a place to play baseball that would help out with scholarship, and I was going to be a PE teacher. Um, well, that was my plan anyways, but you know, I guess the Lord had a different plan for my life, which is, which is great. I love what I do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went there to be a PE teacher and, um, and it was a Southern school. I'm a Northern guy. So the rumor was they always Southern schools like fresh arms. I don't know how true that is, but, um, I just wanted to get out and experience a different part of the country. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, for whatever reason, um, I'm a late bloomer, I guess. I uh, never really lifted in high school or long toss, really. I just went out there and competed. And, um, after just getting, to, you know, put through the ringer in terms of conditioning and agility work and strengthening, and um, I kind of put on some weight and gained about 8 to 10 miles an hour of velocity on my fastball out of nowhere. So, um, yeah, I mean, that 
after that, you know, scars, I'm a tall, lanky guy with a funky arm slot and scouts started showing up. And next thing I know, I'm getting calls and questionnaires from major league teams. And I got drafted in uh, my junior year in 2007 by the Marlins. So it was a, it was a pretty sweet time at Carson Newman. I, I mean, I owe them, you know, everything. And it's something too, like I know even just a lot of athletes struggle with kind of that div one mentality. Like, is there any advice for, you know, like even yourself, myself, I played div two, um, not necessarily getting stuck in that mindset. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Florida. So everyone that plays baseball here in high school thinks they're a D one player. So <laughs> I always, I always encourage guys, man. Like no matter where you play, if you have the ability and, um, you know, and you're throwing, and if you're throwing hard and, you know, you're working hard, it gets noticed no matter what level you're at. And scouts are going to show up and find you. They're going to, word gets around, hey, we got a guy throwing, you know, 90s, upper 80s, 90s, projectable, all this stuff. It doesn't matter what school you're at. Um, scouts are going to find you. Does it help to go to D1? Sure. But I've played with plenty of D2, D3, NAIA guys that, uh, that had quite – you know, good career. So no, they'll find you. Yeah. I try and always tell the kids like, as, as long as you have a Jersey on, right. And that's kind of where, you know, hopefully as long as you're getting good hitters out, scouts will, they'll find you. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. As, as long as you're pursuing your dream, you're, you know, you put a uniform on every day and you're, and you're working at it. That's the big thing. I mean, it's a lot of work, you know, you work at it, you know, anything can happen. And then, Steve, could you talk to us a little bit about kind of the grind in the minors for you? Yeah, um, the minor leagues, I mean, I was fortunate enough. Um, I made it up within like three years, I believe it was. And um, it, my minor league time was awesome, though. It's where I learned the most about myself about and about my game. And, you know, being around other guys that worked hard, I just try to surround myself around guys like that that would, you know, that would push me as well. And. I loved it. Um, was it a grind? Oh man. Like we lived in some, some shady places, but, uh, it's, 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 it's what made it special to me. I wish we got, you know, I'm seeing minor leaguers starting to get more benefits now, which is great. Um, but it was, it was tough, you know, being a minor league player. And I, I really feel for those guys that are in the minor leagues for, you know, a lot of their time. You know, I see, I know guys that have been up there to, you know, 10 years before they make it to the big league. So that's the ultimate grind. So, those guys will have better stories than I will, but man, it was, it was a sweet time. It was, but it was tough. And then Steve, could you talk to us a little bit about your MLB debut? Yeah. Um, 2010, uh, it was uh, September, 2010. Uh, we're playing the Brewers. They were really good that year. And um, let's see my, the outing before mine, the day before uh, one of my guys, buddies, I got called up from double a, Gave up six runs, didn't record an out, back-to-back homers to uh, Braun and Fielder. And so <laughs> so I'm watching that. I'm like, oh, man, like that's tough. Yeah, but, uh, hey, he made it to the big leagues. You know, that's, that's an honor. Well, the next day I get the phone call, and I'm in there. I'm, I'm nervous and stuff. But I'm like, hey, I, it can't be any worse than that, so let's just go out there and see what happens, <laughs> you know, jokingly. But, uh, I mean, it, it went well. I, I, it was, I was nervous, but, you know, I was like – it's just an, I, right from the start, I just told them it's just another game. These guys put their shoes on the same way I do. Who cares? Like, let's roll. And I'm able to have a good outing. You know, through two innings, six up, six down, and filled up the strike zone. And it gave me opportunities to pitch, you know, you know a couple more at the end of the year and show them what I got. And, uh, 
you know, it worked out. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a, it was a really, it was a pretty surreal moment, you know, getting running out there with like a sold out crowd and your debut. It was, it was nuts. Kind of Steve, like from a bullpen mindset, is there any advice you'd have kind of like from being a relief pitcher, like kind of sitting in the bullpen? Yeah. I mean, this, this could be a long conversation, but I'll, <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it brief. Um, I mean, I think the biggest routine is, I'm um, sorry. I got ahead of myself. I think the biggest thing about being a bullpen pitcher is having a set routine that you do. Right. I mean, you could pitch literally any day, uh, you know, any given week. It's just nonstop. You never know when your phone, the phone's going to ring and you're going to be called. Um, It could happen, you know, literally three days in a row, you get days off. Anyways, my point is you have to have a routine because there's going to be, days where you feel absolutely terrible but you're good to go you want to be out there you want to compete so you for me i always relied on my routine you know what did i do that day to make sure i was ready for the moment even if i don't feel good i can check off all the boxes rest assured when i'm out there i feel bad you know physically but mentally i'm i'm ready to go because i did everything i could to prepare myself so i always hung my hat on on that in terms of uh, preparation and um, I think it's that's literally the most important thing I was taught right from the start being in the big leagues is you're going to pitch every day, dude. It's not like the minor leagues where stuff's scheduled. Um, you need to be ready to go every day. So you need, you need to figure out what routine works for you. And so I, I learned that early on right from the start. And um, it's, man, it's paid off big time because let's be honest, I, there's times where I'm out there where, you know, I can barely reach behind my back, but I'm ready to roll, you know, in the in, if the situation comes up, so. And then, Steve, I'm, I'm a big fan of international baseball. I was fortunate to represent Canada and Great Britain um, and yourself getting to play for Team USA at the World Baseball Classic. Could you talk to us a little bit about that experience? Um, representing, you know, representing your country um, or, or I guess any country that, you know, your family, uh, you have family roots in is the, to me the utmost honor. I mean, that's my favorite baseball experience I've ever had was playing in the WBC. And we didn't fare too well. Uh, we struggled in the second round, but man, like there was no more, never felt so much pressure in my life. And, you know, wearing USA across your going out there and put all on the line for your team. And um, for those that love baseball in your country. So it meant so much to me to be able to be a part of that. And I've always wanted to do it. And um, I always wanted to be in the Olympics. So that was the closest thing I could do uh, to being in the Olympics. And, uh, it was so worth the time and preparation for it. It was, it was, like I said, my favorite baseball experience. And then Steve kind of after playing, is there any aspirations? Like, what does that look like for yourself or you haven't, have you thought that far or do you still want to stay in the game as a, you know, a coach or. Yeah, that's a good question. I've been thinking a lot about that lately, just what I'm going to do next year, either, you know, retire, continue to pursue, you know, you know, winning a ring. And, um, so I would, I would love to coach to to some capacity. I like preparing guys for the next level. Um, that's, it's been kind of cool being a veteran reliever, just able to, um, guys have questions. They want to pick your brain on stuff, just being able to share experiences and things you've learned from other players and just serving them in that way. Um, I really enjoy that. So I would definitely consider coaching. I, I love baseball. I love the game. I love the preparation, scouting, everything that goes along with it. Um, just to be able to hopefully, you know, win a game for the team. So from a coaching standpoint would, would be a pretty cool thing to do as well. And then I guess, Steve, what would be your favorite part about pitching from the lower arm slot? The deception part of it. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. 
just talking with hitters, like, man, I'm having a hard time seeing the ball. Um, you're hiding the ball this way, and it's just jumping out of me from the arm slot. It's just hear that and then kind of, you know, bounce off other ideas and just, you know, put together, um, you know, put together mechanically. Um, what I'm trying to say is mechanically putting together something that's going to really throw the hitters off. It just makes it so much fun to me. Um, and then trying pitches too that uh, guys wouldn't expect. Like I, a few years ago, I started in zone. And now I started using it against right-handed hitters and guys are like, dude, it looks like it's rising, you know? So for me, it's fun to hear. It's like, I'm playing wiffle ball. You know, I love, I love wiffle ball growing up. <laughs> so learning from our arm slot, you know, it just brings kind of the, the kid out in you again. And I just really enjoy uh, what I do in that regard. And then I guess, Steve, have you had many teammates that were sidearm submarine pitchers? Yes, I've had, I've, I've had a few. And if I forget some, you know, forgive me guys, but uh, Pat Vendetti, he was, he threw from both sides. Yes. Uh, which was unbelievable uh, sidearm. <laughs> um, you know, Ben Rowan this year, uh, he's unbelievable. He's nasty. Yes. Uh, he, I wish he'd get more of an opportunity to pitch because he showed he can really pitch, you know. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh, Archimedes Caminero, I would venture to say he's – maybe someone to say he's sidearm, but his arm slot's a lot lower than people realize, and he would throw a power from – which was, uh, you know, absolutely insane. Um, Joe Smith this spring, uh, videos of how he attacked hitters when I was on other teams. Um, and then, you know, use that as a scouting report for myself. So it was cool just to be with him in spring training and stuff and train with him at uh, Cressy Sports Performance here in Florida. So yeah, those, are, those are some of the guys. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch, but, um, man, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. Like, uh, you know, Ben came out to a couple of our Cider Nation camps and, you know, even just when he threw a kind of like a bullpen and stuff, like it, it's pretty funky to watch. Yeah, it's awesome, man. And, if you know, you know what, too? Like, he, he's a great guy. That's what makes him extra special. He's such a good dude. He, he actually um, collects autographs from all the uh, sidearm pitchers he's either, you know, watched or been on the same team with or played against. So that was kind of cool to be able to, help him out with that, uh, that collection. Yeah, no, he's definitely, uh, yeah. Like I said, he's come out to a couple and he's done a great job and, and a very unique arm slot and delivery. <laughs> oh, very, absolutely. very unique. And I guess Steve, it's just time for our ninth inning call of the bullpen. So it's just going to be some random questions just to learn a little bit more about you. Go for it. Favorite NHL team. The Florida Panthers. I, uh, one time when, when I moved down here, we went to a bunch of games. And I just fell in love with the team and they're having a nasty start to the season this year. So we'll be watching closely. Favorite travel destination. Oof. Um, I'd say, uh, Jamaica, my wife and I usually try to go out once the off season. Um, so it's, I, I just love it out there. All time favorite professional wrestler. <laughs> Razor Ramon. <laughs> the, the razor's edge yeah it's too thick in his mouth you just throw it in the his opponent's face and dude i, I loved it when i was a kid <laughs> uh favorite baseball movie of all time that one's tough uh i honestly i really enjoy league of their own i just think it's hilarious and you know tom hanks is unbelievable in that movie um and i like the story and then i'm a little biased i, I got to play at the rockford pizza stadium in summer ball uh, where they film the movies in um, Indiana. 
Uh, so uh, it was pretty cool to kind of play there and it'd be one of your favorite baseball movies. So. And then Steve, if you could golf or have dinner with any three people dead or alive, who would you like to go with? Wow. Um, three people. Yes. Uh, uh, other than you, um, Mariano Rivera would probably be one. I just, you know, he's probably my favorite pitcher all, all time. Uh, Reggie Miller was one of my favorite all-time athletes. It's a uh, reason why I wear number 31, as I just grew up, you know, loving the way he played basketball. Uh, and a third one, um, man, that's tough. Uh, I would say Tom Brady, huge Tom Brady fan. So, I, you know, and his golf game looks, you know, pretty decent. You know, I know he doesn't really show it on TV much. It's not that <laughs> impressive, but I know he can play. Would, would it, you prefer golf or dinner? No, definitely golf. Definitely golf. Because uh, uh, then you can see like how athletic these guys really are in person. I feel like if you're if you're a decent athlete, you can have you can put together an athletic swing. But guys that are, think they're athletes and they step over a golf ball, you can tell they're not as athletic as they think. Any particular course, Steve? Um. Yeah. I mean, I would say Pebble Beach. I just never played there before, and I've always wanted to get out there. There's a whole bunch of courses I'd love to play, but Pebble Beach probably stands out the most. And Steve, if you could be an Olympian in any sport other than baseball, summer or winter, what sport would you like to do? Oh man, if I was, if I had any ability, hockey for sure. <laughs> Me, I love Olympic hockey is my favorite sport to watch ever. Um, and no, with all due respect, the reason why I don't mean this because you're Canadian here on the call, but my one of my favorite games when USA played Canada, I think it was what the 2010 Olympics. Is that right? Yeah, no, that sounds right. Yes. Um, and USA ended up, you know, losing to Canada, but that first game, I think they won it was, or it was really close. And there was so much excitement. Doc Emmerich was doing the, the broadcasting. I've never been glued to a hockey game like that in my life, even being in the Northeast. And like, this was the most exciting thing I've ever seen. Um, and I was just floored. So after that, I was just locked in on hockey. Um, so I would say, yeah, winter hockey. Can you skate, Steve? Nope. <laughs> I can stand on skates. <laughs> the extent of my skating is sixth grade community skate in our hometown. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, I stopped playing. I think I was like 14 when I stopped playing hockey. I guess I'm kind of a, I'm a weird Canadian. I don't really ski or I'm not like a diehard hockey fan, but <laughs> yeah. I, uh, man, I mean, Massachusetts hockey, like we're a hockey town where I grew up and I didn't play. I was one of the few, and, but I still love it. Like, it's just one of the sports that was too expensive, I think, growing up and dad kind of deterred me away from it and I get it, but, uh, I love, I love hockey. <laughs> and then lastly, Steve, just going to test your memory a little bit here on the 2008 greens. Was it, I guess, sorry, Greensboro Grasshoppers. Do you remember the original name of the outfielder? I guess he's now on the Yankees, your teammate. <laughs> yeah, big, well, I mean, he went by a lot of names. We call him Bigfoot, Big Mike. <laughs> you know, obviously he's Giancarlo now, but he'd be, he, when his name changed, he was Giancarlo. Um, I mean, we had, we had a ton of names for him. Yeah, we grew up, we, we came up through the system together. He was a little ahead of me, obviously, but it was, he's a great teammate. Could you tell right away there was just something different there? I could tell right away from the day he showed up uh, in short season A ball, his first time on the team. I've never seen anyone hit the ball that hard in my life. And he was just so raw. But he almost, a, a real quick story. Uh, 
I was hitting fungos for our third baseman, who was our first rounder, Matt Dominguez, and Stan's hitting. And I missed time hitting the fungo. Stan hits a line drive off Matt D's heart, drops, drops him. They have to carry him off the field. And I thought I was responsible for killing our, you know, <laughs> th- our star third baseman. And no one knew Stan was Stan at the time. They just knew he hit the ball hard. But, dude, it was an absolute rod right off his chest. And I thought he died. Oh, and so <laughs> there, there I was. I was freaking out. But, man incredible player incredible teammate and then i was just gonna ask steve like have you played with any canadians that you remember rob zestrisny is the one that comes to mind first um gotcha man i uh he's a lefty pitcher i'm sure you've heard of him great he's hilarious absolutely hilarious (laughs) um i want to say adam lind but i think he was canadian by default i think he married into canadian being a canadian so i don't know if that counts or not Wow. Uh, yeah, I but, guess so, hey? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I know there's another one out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the favorite guy I've ever, I think, played against, and I hate pitching against him, but I appreciate his, um, I like competing against him, is Joey Votto. So I'm, I admire him the way he plays. Yeah, I think he's kind of carved out a good spot there in Cincinnati and you know, I think he's a little bit younger than me, but I, yeah, I remember we were kind of at like a red showcase, like kind of when he got drafted there and there was definitely something special there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, I appreciate you coming on, Steve. Is there any uh, shout outs before we sign off? Uh, I think I wanted to give a shout out to Ben. Cause I know he likes, I know he likes sidearm nation. So, uh, <laughs> no, I was, was going to give him the shout out. Uh, he's an awesome dude. So great guy. I'm glad you got to know him. Um, and, uh, Hey, if you got any t-shirts still for sale, I'm going to be on there getting one. So I got to support the brand. <laughs> well, I think I, I know, I know somewhere to get it so I can, uh, I can hook you up, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> no, thanks, Steve. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. She said, do you come from a land down under? Where women glow and men thunder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder, yeah You better run, you better take cover, yeah You better run, you better take cover